Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have a gentleman from the East Coast right now that has been in the game for wholesaling for the last seven, eight years. And what's really exciting is this guy's doing 10 plus you know, wholesales transactions per month. So he's really been able to systemize this and to be able to step away from it and not affect his day-to-day life, right? Him and his wife built this up and now they have the privilege of kind of stepping off and making sure the system is running without them being day-to-day, which is awesome. So that's the true like financial freedom, right? That's what we're all looking for. That's the freedom that is really capable of being able to grasp in real estate as long as you systemize it, right? So very excited to have you on today. What's up, Chris? How are you, brother? I'm doing awesome, man. Even better that I'm here spending time with you today. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast and look forward to providing value to your audience. And hopefully someone can take something from this and just run with it and have the same impact that it's had on our life. Yeah, man. No, I'm super excited. And I couldn't agree more. For anybody out there that doesn't know more about like who you are, where you're from, your Mm -hmm. history in general, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view? Yeah, sure. So my wife and I started the business together. Her name's Heather. We started the business roughly about seven years ago. And I had always had an interest in real estate, but just didn't know how to get started. And so I just remember finishing the Rich Dad Poor Dad book like around seven years ago. And I was at my girlfriend's house at the time. Now it's my wife, right? And I was checking my email and I saw this ad, display ad in my email saying, Robert Kiyosaki's coming to Tampa. I just read the book and I'm like, shoot, I want to go meet this guy, right? Let him know how much to impact my life. But I didn't want to go by myself. So I asked Heather, I said, hey, I don't want to go to this event alone. Would you go with me, right? And so she said, yes, we went to the event. Totally blown away by just even a little bit of information they gave us. Obviously he wasn't there, right? Yeah. So we took the step to go to the next three-day boot camp. And they went all the, over all the different ways you could make money in real estate from development to wholesaling, to flipping, to rentals, all that stuff. And the one way that really identified with Heather and I, right? It just made sense. They started charting it out on a whiteboard was wholesaling. I was like, let me get this straight. You can lock up a property with literally $0, right? And profit thousands of dollars, little to no money, right? And profit thousands, tens of thousands, whatever on a deal. And I was like, that's perfect, right? So we took that strategy and we've done everything in this space from marketing to find deals, from driving for dollars, to cold calling, to sending mailers, to online marketing. But in the very beginning, like we didn't have a huge marketing budget, right? So we had to start with where we were. We were dropping drop cards on people's cars in Walmart parking lots. We were literally walking up and down subdivisions with rubber bands and flyers, putting them on people's doors, see if they want to sell their property. So, you know, any type of thing we could possibly do to get sellers calling us so we could at least have some conversations, right? And then of course it all became very real after we did our first deal. And then we got the momentum we needed from that to, you know, do the next one. Then the next one was around the corner And later on in our career, we decided to join a mastermind because we got to the point where Heather and I grew the business as far as we could. It was just she and I and a virtual assistant. And we're like, man, like 
we want to grow this thing, but we can't work any more hours. Like we're killing ourselves here. Right. And so we joined the mastermind and totally opened our eyes to a different side of the business, right? Which is hiring people, leveraging other people's time, right? To accomplish something truly greater than you can accomplish on your own, right? <laughs> and when we took those concepts and implemented them, within about a year and a half, we had an entirely scaled out team. We have like 25 people on our team right now. Right. That's a combination of in-house people and virtual assistants, cold callers. We have our own virtual call center that we run out of Bangladesh. And that's where a lot of those people come from. We have about 10 people there, a team lead that oversees the team. But yeah, our, our company's grown just so much. And we've just been fortunate to find rock stars that can be on our team, that can own their roles and really just excel and run and accomplish far greater than we could do on our own. So yeah. I've really learned that finding the right people in this business is where it's at. And that's really the key to growing a successful business is the right people. Yes. Yes. It is so, so crucial. We're, we're in a growing phase right now that uh, yeah. trying to go through all these different people that just aren't the right fit. It's heartbreaking. But mm -hmm. once you find that, that like gold nugget right there, it's perfect. It just aligns in so many different ways and you can see the growth right afterwards, right? Absolutely. Let me get this straight. So you started off with a rich dad, poor dad, the education, right? And you started taking that education and how long until you received your first deal, you locked it up. So we actually didn't do our first deal for like a year and a half after getting that information okay. because we both were working like high pressure sales jobs. We were working 60 to 70 hours a week sure. and we got the information and we're like, we need to do something with this. We started doing something with it. Then life and everything else got in the way. And then finally yep. a year to year and a half went by and we're like, that's it. No more excuses. Like we have to do this and it's either do or die. Right. And yeah. so we did it. We really committed to it. And then later that year, we got our first deal. So it took roughly about a year and a half to get our first deal. Okay. So once you actually started, how long was the education? Like, was it something that you could just run through in about a month or was it like a six month type of content? Yeah. So after that three-day class that we went to, they basically said, come on to the back of the room and pick the course that you want to move forward with. And so we picked the wholesaling course and we went to an event. It was three days in Miami and Heather and I stayed in a hotel over there. And for three days, we sat in a class and we learned all the basics of wholesaling, right? Like what an assignment is, like, you know, what to say to sellers, things like that. But it was just a very, very basic, like Vince Lombardi style, this is a football type of thing, right? Yeah. Nothing advanced or anything like that. They didn't tell you how many letters to send out, how many phone calls to make. They just said, do massive action. And here are some ways you can reach out to sellers and network and create relationship. So that's what we did, right? Yeah. And after that class, that was when we really you know, lit a fire under us and we really started getting going with it. Okay. So once you actually started implementing it, tell me that first deal, what did it look like? How'd you get the lead? How long did it take to lock in? Do you remember the numbers? I know that's a while back, I do. but it's that first no, one, I, that baby, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I remember it. And a matter of fact, I wish I would have bought this deal back then because yeah. looking at it, what it's worth now, it just blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's hard <laughs> for right? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it was just the right deal at the wrong time, still the wrong sure. opportunity, right? So my wife and I lived in an area that, that was a part of the suburbs, right? So there was like- it, This is like Florida? A, yeah, in Florida. Yeah, okay, so in okay. Tampa, Florida. So we lived in an area close to what's called West Chase. It's like the suburbs yeah. of Tampa, right? It's away from the city, very family oriented, all that. And so being that we lived around that area, you know, we didn't really know anything about pulling zip codes for marketing. So we're like, okay, well, Bandit Signs is the cheapest marketing source. So we're going to just put a bunch of those out where we are. Yeah. And 
not a lot of competition for wholesalers in this area because people don't think that it's not the ideal type of investment property. There's no absentee owners really over here or anything like that. And so we just put up signs where we were and did what they told us. And this one couple gave us a call and they said, Hey, you know, we have a property we're looking to sell. It's our home that we're living in now, but we're looking to downsize and move. And this property was, I want to say it was roughly around 3000 square feet, maybe a little bit bigger, two-story house, beautiful house, and just an amazing neighborhood, yeah. right? Properties like this don't come up to wholesale, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so we met with the, the homeowners in, in their living room. We sat across from them and we told them, hey, listen, you know, we're not really looking to buy this house for us, but we do have investors that are very interested in properties like this. And we drew up a contract with them, you know? And so we put that in place. And God bless those homeowners because we must have done three extensions with them yeah. and they were so patient through the whole process. But on the third one, they kind of started to get a little, yeah. little antsy. Are you going to close or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we didn't have a buyer's list at the time either. So we're like, oh, this is crazy. I don't know what to do. So we're like, well, bandit signs really work to get us sellers. So wouldn't that work to get us buyers? And so we started putting out a bandit sign, right? And we started saying, you know, four bedroom, three bath, you know, property in this area, you know, this much money call. Right. And so we got a call and the guy that called is actually a good friend of mine now. And we've done many deals since, but he knew we were new. And so, and he knew what we had. We didn't really realize what we had, but he beat us up pretty good on the first deal. And I want to say on our first deal, we made like $4,000 right? Okay. We thought we were going to make like 30,000 or something crazy like that, but we just didn't know what we had. We didn't have the list. And so we, we just wanted to get that first deal done. Right. So we made four grand in the first deal and that prompted a conversation with us and the sellers after we closed saying, Hey, you know, what other properties do you have? They had a townhouse they were looking to sell and we couldn't quite make the deal work on that one. But shortly after that, from another area, we were putting out signs, this absentee landlord gave us a call property was vacant. I guess the tenant had passed away or something like that. And he just wanted to sell it. This thing was in great move and ready condition. And we attended some RIAs and I networked with this other buyer. And he said he was looking for property specifically in this area. So we found that property, sold it to him. And I want to say we made 8,000 on the second one. And they just kind of went up from there. And then later on, started doing more marketing, more deals started coming and kind of went on from there. Yeah. I love it. And what did you put down for earnest money to actually like lock it in? Yeah. So we put down, I want to say it was a hundred bucks that we put okay. down yeah. at first. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So we put down a hundred dollars and we were just totally blown away that it worked. I mean, it was one yeah. of those things where it's like, we just heard that worked. We yeah. put it on the contract and after the seller signed, we're like, wow, it yeah. actually does work. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah. So you spent a couple hundred bucks on marketing for yeah. signs, you know, and, and yeah, it was really like one of those little to no money out of pocket to be able to pull in this awesome deal, which is great. So let's talk about uh, systems. Um, I want to hear about like the growth at Pivotal Point. How long was it until you actually joined the mastermind group? Because you mentioned it was just you, your wife, and then you had a A virtual virtual assistant. assistant. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how long did you guys play that role before you invested in yourself in the mastermind group and then started seeing the ROI? Yeah. So we waited way too long to hire. Way too long to hire. We did everything ourselves. I think we all do. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. It's crazy. If there's any, 
best advice I could give to, to, to whether you're an, a new entrepreneur, a uh, real estate investor, whether you're, you know, you're seasoned, you've been doing it for a long time, get yeah. out of the driver's seat, hire people right now. You're going to have these self-limiting beliefs where you're like, oh, I don't have the money to, to hire these people. I don't have the budget to do it. It's not the right time. I don't got enough leads. I don't have this. I don't have that. Or yeah, but I don't have X, Y, and Z insert limiting belief here. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you have everything that you need. You have all the resources you need to have. Yep. And at the end of the day, you just got to focus on finding the right people. That's it, right? It if you find the right people, you'll get the growth that you want, right? But it's kind of counterintuitive, right? A lot of people are like, no, I need to get to this point before I hire people. Yeah. And once I'm doing this many deals, then I can bring people on. Not the case. If you bring the right people on, you'll do the deals. Because we couldn't do what we're doing right now with just Heather and I by ourselves. It was just it's impossible. Yeah. Of course. So to answer your question about how long it took. So we did the business ourselves for roughly about, I want to say about five years. Okay. Right. And we actually got to the point where we were almost like burnt out because we were doing it ourselves. We were, you know, we had, we had broken free from corporate America. Right. Thankfully that was a blessing. And we were at the point where we're like, we want to take this to the next level, but we just can't work any more hours. There's no more hours in the day to make that happen. I mean, managing the marketing, you know, yeah. talking with sellers, we're selling properties, we're pulling lists, we're everything, right? Yeah. And so I was just like, that can't go on. And so I found this mastermind and they were talking about how you could experience freedom by having an automated marketing machine and putting people in place and everything. And I was like, this is what we need to do. So we were a very easy sell for the mastermind. They basically said, Hey, this is what we can do for you. We're like, yes, how much is it? Where do we sign? Right. (laughs) So we joined that. And then within the first six months of the mastermind, we had our own limiting beliefs come come across us. Right. We were like, you know what, this all sounds great. And we're going to do this, but we're going to work a little bit harder. Right. We're going to take what we've learned so far And we're going to stack some cash, right? And then from there, we're going to hire people. So that held us back a little bit more. And then six months later, we're like, what are we doing? Like, we just need to follow exactly what they say to do, right? So we did that. And then we blew up. And then I would say about a year to a year and a half later, that's when we scaled out our team. And now we're like at around 25 people on our team, almost 30 people on our team. I love. We just went crazy with it. So once we figured out that was the thing to do, we just said... We're going on Start hiring a bunch of people and, and yeah, started seeing the results from it. So mm-hmm. if you don't mind, break down the system. What does it look like? The different, mm-hmm. I guess, divisions or members of the team? Yeah, great question. So as far as the acquisition department goes, that's the sexy department. That's what everybody wants to know. How many acquisition managers do you have? Or do you have acquisitions outsourced? So Heather, my wife, she is the, you could call her the COO, the integrator, whatever, right? She oversees the acquisitions team. And so from there, we had two acquisitions managers. We are down to one. We're hiring another one to replace that second one. And so right now we have one acquisition manager. She oversees him. His name is Edison and he is a complete rock star. She basically just took everything she knew, poured it into him. And he's the one that handles all of our leads right now. So he's great. The other side of the business is the dispositions and marketing side. And that's the side of the business that I handle, right? So I oversee the dispositions team. So we have one disposition manager right now, and he's a rock star as well. We were very blessed to find him. His name's Orlando. And we have the marketing side, which is run by a VA, very talented VA. And what she does is she pulls all of our lists, she sorts all of our data, cleans it up, uploads it to all of our marketing platforms, everything like that. And I'm telling you without her, like the business wouldn't run. Like she is the, 
<laughs> She's yeah, one of the engines that keeps it going. Yeah. If you don't have clean data or the best data, you know, you want to spend yeah. more money on that. And because that's yep. what's going to funnel into your leads. So you want the good stuff, yep. not the crap. Yep. So we also have a small virtual call center. We have about 10 people on the team. We have a team lead that oversees that team and he runs it. The extent of my involvement in that is I meet with him once a week for probably a 30 to 45 minute meeting to review numbers, see how the team's doing and everything. But he hires, he fires, he holds people to a scorecard, has meetings with them, one-on-ones, all that stuff. He does all that himself. And then outside of that, we have a team of virtual assistants that handle just various admin tasks for us, you know, handles my email scheduling. They handle just really anything that I need them to do. Yeah. And then we have someone on the team that handles like all of our, any of our graphic design for websites, social media posts, things like that. Okay. So I that's, love it. That's pretty much the entire team. Yeah. That's awesome. So when it comes down to the, the call center and keeping track of all the data, right? Like what mm-hmm. kind of tools are you guys utilizing? Yeah. So one of the uh, the t- best tools that we use is our dialer. It's yeah. Zencall. The new name for it is Ready Mode. They just went through a rebrand. And if anyone on this call is interested in Zencall, I have a special discount that I can offer. It's typically $130 a seat. I can get it for $99 a seat. And what a seat is, is it's one license for one person to make calls on the dialer. If so, you can just go to risedialer.com. You spell it just like it sounds, R-I-S-E, dialer.com. And then just connect with me on Facebook and let me know that you're interested in doing that. And then I can make sure that you you know how to move forward with that. So just kind of go to that site, you can opt in. And then from there, let Zencall reach out to you. And if they don't reach out to you, just shoot a message to me. So Zencall is amazing because it's true call center software. It can be a little bit intimidating at first to learn how to use because it's more advanced than most dialers out there. But when you get it up and running, I mean, it it runs really, really well. You can pull all types of metrics in there. You can pull like how many hours your guys are working, how long they're spending on the phones, which is critical, right? You want to know that if you hire people to call for you, that they're going to be actually on the phone, right? So we use that. can also jump in and listen to the current conversations, correct? Yeah, you can do list, You can do uh, call whispers, which is that where they can listen to calls. You can also talk to the agent, but the seller on the line can't hear the conversation yeah. taking place, which is good. You can do what's called a TO, where let's say someone handles the call to a certain point, and then you know the call's ready to get taken over by like a higher level sales rep. You can just hit the TO button and he can come in and barge the call and end it with the other person. So that's really neat. There's just so much that can be done with it. It's great. Um, so we use Zencall for our dialer. We use a platform called Hubstaff. Hubstaff is what allows us to track the activity of our virtual assistants and our callers. It literally takes snapshots of the screen of them working every 10 minutes. So if for whatever reason, one of the reps has like a lower, you know, lower lead volume than typically has for the week or... If for some reason, one of your VAs isn't responding to you, you just log into Hubstaff. You can see what they're doing right then and there. You can see if they're watching a movie, you can see if they're doing whatever, but we've caught so many things. We've caught people working for other people. We've caught people watching movies and just answering calls and then hanging up. (laughs) And without that, we wouldn't have had that level of clarity to be able to fix those issues. Hubstaff. Um, Hubstaff. I love that. Yeah, I did not yep. know about that. So it automatically takes a picture of their screen every 10 minutes or you have every to- 10 minutes. Yeah. No, it, it automatically does. So you can log in, you go to the activity and you, you can just- see what they're doing at every second throughout the day that they're working for you. 
So wow. it really helps with accountability because we run a virtual team, right? And a lot of our people, well, all of our people operate out of their house or overseas. And so it's important that we have a pulse on the business because we can't walk into an office and just see everybody and be like, okay, hey, stop doing that, right? Like, yeah. We have to be able to have a pulse on pretty much everybody in the team because we run a virtual team. Now, do you let them know up front that you have that capability or do you like to mm-hmm. surprise people? <laughs> no, we let them know. But for some reason, people are still like, oh, maybe they won't see this. Like, yeah, yeah. see it, man. Trust me. Yeah, no, we um, see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we also use Slack for team communication. So Slack is huge. So we create a channel basically for each department that we have. So for acquisitions, dispositions, marketing. And that way we keep all the conversations streamlined. And, you know, that way the only people that we want to see certain conversations see that and so on. So yeah. that's how we communicate as a team. And that's how you run a virtual company. I love it. So where do you take place in this? I mean, like totally separated yourself out. So, I mean, you said just about 30 minutes or so once a week you jump in. Yeah. So, yeah. So what I do is I handle the, what we call them level 10 meetings. So we hired a traction coach. So I don't know if you guys, if anybody in the call hasn't heard of traction, um, I highly recommend you reading that book. They teach an operating system called EOS which just like Windows is an operating system for a computer or OS X is an operating system for a Mac, a Mac computer, right? EOS is an entrepreneur operating system for your business. So you can learn more about it by checking out the traction book. But so we hired for that. And one of the things they teach is what's called a level 10 meeting. And what that is, is it's a meeting that you have with a key member in your department once a week to review numbers, go over what's called a scorecard, which is literally the most important. Some people refer to it as KPIs. So it's the most important numbers that make that department tick, right? So it could be how many phone calls, how many contracts that week. It could be, you know, how many properties did you get under contract? That type of thing, right? So I lead two of those meetings a week. Actually, no, excuse me, three of those meetings, one with marketing, one with dispositions, and then one with the, the outbound dialing team the leader of that. So and you, I you, meetings a week. You have a manager that has a lead role in each position, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Nice. And a position we're hiring for now is a sales manager that's going to oversee all of those. And so that'll completely pull me out of the level 10 yeah. meetings. Yeah. So that's what we're, that's a goal in Q1. I love it, man. Yeah. That's, that's super exciting. What kind of KPIs are you guys shooting for? Do you want to see growth or do you just want to see, you know, uh, level just so that there's no dips? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff you can track in oh, your business, yeah. Yeah. but not everything carries the same importance to track. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so what Heather and I's goal is we want to be able to be like, if we're off traveling or we're away from the office or whatever we're doing, right. If we're out and about, we want to be able to pull up our phones and take a look at the scorecard and say, these are the five most important things to track in our business. And if one of these things is off, then we know there's a problem, right? And so let me pull them up right now. And then I can tell you what those are that we track. But, you know, some of the main things that we track are, you know, contracts per week. That's big because we hold our acquisition managers to a specific number of contracts every single week. We track the, let me pull this up. That's contracts that are getting locked in after after leads. Yep. Yep. So measurables we track are total contracts. We track deals under contract revenue assigned. So how much revenue was assigned that week from active contracts? How many leads we brought in? How many of those leads were qualified? And what percentage of those leads were contacted? So those are the main key metrics that we track. Because if your lead volume goes up and down, I mean, that'll kind of tell you that there's something wrong with the marketing, potentially, you know, if 
you know, the number of qualified leads isn't reaching a certain percentage. So let's say your qualified percentage is really dropping. Okay. Then that means maybe the type of marketing you're doing, maybe something's off with the marketing piece, which isn't really attracting a lot of, you know, quality leads. Maybe some of the reps are having conversations and they're not asking the right questions, which is causing them to submit like leads that are just very, very low quality. And really we track the deals under revenue weekly because we want to see what money do we got in the pipeline each week, right? Because if you know what you have each week, you can say, okay, this is pretty much what we can expect to end the month with. Yeah. And what kind of, I mean, roughly, I don't expect you to know all the KPIs, but Mm -hmm. what kind of numbers are you typically seeing from a hot lead that comes in and then to actually get it to close? To be like, yeah. So, yeah. So, what we find, and I, you're you're in luck because I actually pulled these numbers uh, last week. So, what we found is with our hot leads, we are roughly about two leads to an offer on those. Wow, two leads to an offer, and those are just incredibly hot leads that have been qualified by a cold caller. That's one of our top marketing channels. That's how we reach out to sellers. So, we're at two leads to an offer. Leads that are not very qualified where it requires someone else to call and follow up on those to see exactly motivation, dig a little bit deep. Maybe the seller was kind of vague. Those can be roughly about more like 30 leads to an offer. So you see the big big difference between the two. It's important for us to make sure we're getting as quality leads as possible to make sure that the effort put in is as little as possible to get as large of a result as possible, right? Sure. Okay. So the hot leads are like basically, you know, I'm ready to sell. I want to sell right now, you know, foreclosures coming next week or something like that. Right. Yeah. So we classify as a hot lead as someone that says, look, I want to sell within 90 days. I'm open to selling within 90 days. Right. And I'm asking some type of reasonable price. Sure. Right. Okay. And so we have a percentage that we look at and say, okay, is this a reasonable price? Yes or no. Right. And we use this estimate as a, as a way to measure that just as a ballpark range. That's all we need. Yeah. Nothing solid, just a ballpark range. And if they're flexible and open within that percentage then fantastic, if they're not, yeah. then that's not really considered a lead that we work with. Okay. So that's so, why those leads are so, so hot. So I know you're in what, two different States, about mm-hmm. six different counties. Yeah. So we're in two different states and six different counties. So we're in Florida and North Carolina. North Carolina is a newer state that we recently broke into roughly about a month or two ago. Till then, we were solely focused on Florida. Florida is our home market. We love Florida. We love all markets within an hour and a half of Tampa Bay. And so we operate you know, virtually with those. We're not going on appointments. We're yeah. doing everything over the phone and running a virtual company. I love it. So not actually showing up to the location as they're like, how do you overcome certain people over the phone that might not believe like, hey, is this legitimate or not? Like, do you have to show them credentials? Do you have to show them like, check out the website? What really brings that comfortableness to the sellers? Yeah. So I think it all comes down to how you make the sellers feel over the phone, sure. right? Yeah. Because there's a saying that says, you know, people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's so true. Like, you know, people try to have the perfect this setup, the perfect this setup, perfect yeah. that setup, right? Before they even get going. And you don't really need that. We didn't even have a, a website for probably the first two years or three years in the business, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's just really having a conversation and talking to the seller about what's important to them. You know, what are they trying to accomplish? You know, why are they looking to sell? 
and what caused them to want to do that, right? And then kind of dive into that, like showing them that you really care and being really genuine about it, right? Because we really do care about our sellers and what they're going through and really how we can help them. Because if we don't care about what they're going through and all we care about is that deal, then our credibility goes out the water, right? And then on top of that, you know, we're not going to help them in the best way possible. So I firmly believe if you help enough people, then the money will follow, right? What you make is directly in proportion to how well you service that seller. Yeah. How many people you actually serve. That's good. Yeah. It's really good. I feel like not enough people actually acknowledge that. And the more you serve, the more you, you know, just faithful servant behind it and and make sure it's a win-win situation, then it always comes back and blesses you. So it's very good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. With your market, both of those areas, North Carolina and Florida, you're not having any issues with this estimate. Like that's, those are legitimate numbers for the most part, or at least pretty accurate. Yeah. So what we do, we go into new market, we run comps on a handful of properties and then compare it to what this estimate value is. And we see how close it is to see if that can be a realistic measurable. Right. And so we're not saying that this estimates the ARV, right? (laughs) We're not saying that's the best, you know, that's the, that's the accurate, that's the accurate appraisal of the property or anything like that. Right. So we just use it as a measurable right? Because you have to have some type of reference point for having so many conversations. Yeah. So, I mean, our team made like, and I'm only talking about our call center team. They made 1.5 million calls last month, right? And so with that many conversations, like you have to have some type of reference point to say, is this going to be a good lead to work with or not? Right. And so, uh, so with that, you know, that's how we test it in different markets. And then once we have that idea of saying, okay, something in this range could be considered a deal from there, we can, we can dig a little bit deeper once we see this opportunity is worth our time and worth diving more into. Yeah. That's so good, man. 1.5 million calls. That's a lot in a month. That's a lot, man. (laughs) It's a (laughs) serious amount of calls. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. When it comes down to mistakes, I know you were kind of laughing about it prior to jumping on the live call here, but is there anything that really stands out as a mistake that, hey, I'll never make this again, or that you might just think, you know, for the listeners, somebody just getting started, this could really help them out. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've made so many mistakes, but I think that's the reason why we are where we are right now, right? John Maxwell has a book called uh, Fail Forward, which is excellent, right? Always been a Maxwell fan. And the main thing he talks about in that book is just massive action. Don't worry about the details, right? The details will figure themselves out. Just take action. Too many people waste time thinking about the details. And I think one of the biggest reasons, I was just at a mastermind over the last two days. And one of the things we talked about is why beginning investors don't get the results they want in their business. And even people that are more advanced, like why they never achieve what they truly want to achieve, right? It's because everybody has like mental blocks, mental limiting beliefs that they have that have been ingrained in them from when they were a kid, maybe from things that they were taught, maybe things that they watched as a kid, whatever experiences they they had. And people don't give that stuff enough attention to see how it really affects the decisions they make in their everyday life today. Right. And so the biggest thing is like identifying what those limiting beliefs are. Right. And then coming up with a new story with that. Right. And just understanding that you're going to achieve whatever you set out to achieve, but in proportion, the amount of effort that you put in, right? So just because you failed before in your life, maybe you started three businesses and they didn't work out, right? It doesn't mean that if you get into real estate and a seller tells you no, that it's the apocalypse and it's over. I mean, you know, you, you can still be super successful. As a matter of fact, most of the people that I know that are super successful, same with you, Brandon, I'm sure, is that 
we've all gone through a tremendous amount of failure. Yeah. Right. But that failure has helped shape us to where, who we are today. Right. So you're not, you're not, you're not anywhere without realizing that your past failures, your past struggles have all created you to be who you are today. Right. I believe God uses those for a very specific reason to shape your character, because I believe that he has something set aside saying, this is what I know that you're capable of. And this is what I have for you to achieve. Right. But you're not ready for it yet. So you got to go through these things so I can shape your character. So you'll be able to handle what it is I truly have prepared for you in the end, you know? So I would say limiting beliefs is a big mistake. Just coming up with just assumptions based upon how you're feeling that you can do something and you can't do something. So from the very beginner stage, I would say that's the biggest thing. Secondly, don't have like analysis by paralysis, right? Like don't study and study and study until you have it done perfect. And then you're ready to take action because something I found, and this came from when I was doing a lot of cold calling in the corporate environment, when I used to work in corporate America, right? Everybody in my office was afraid of cold calling. Nobody liked it. Nobody liked picking up the phone, hammering it, talking to people because what? People are going to tell them, no, they're going to tell them, never call me again. They're going to be rude. Right. But for me, there's a, there's a saying that the hardest call is your first one, right? And then after your first one, you're like, oh, this is so bad. And you just crank them out. So yeah. my goal every day when I came into the office and when I was calling on leads myself in real estate was to make that first call as quickly as possible. Because if I could make that call as quickly as possible without thinking to myself, what's going to go on the call, all that, yeah. right? I could get to the next call and I could hit my goal for the day. Yeah. But if I sat there in front of the phone and looked at it, I'm like, okay, well, what if the seller says this? Or what if this buyer says this? And what if they don't view me as this, right? The longer I did that, then I was like, you know what? Today's just not a good day to dial. Maybe I'll come back tomorrow. You know, I'll hit it tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow is the day. That's the day, right? Yeah. So I would say those limiting beliefs around those types of things. And then as a business owner, I would say, you know, waiting to hire is, has been our biggest thing. You know, you're ready, whether you believe it or not, right? You just have to get people sold on the vision of where you're going to go. So yes. you need to like read books on leadership and understand yep. how to be an effective leader, right? So you can cast the vision because if you build it, they will come, right? If you yes. say, hey, this is where we're going. You got to inspire people, uh, make people get excited about the vision just as much as you are. People will work for free in the very beginning if there's a promise of something greater, obviously. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, people, if people they feel will, the vision, you know, if they truly believe in what, where you're going. Yes, because people want to be a part of something special. We all yearn for significance and people want to create an impact. And if they haven't been able to do it themselves in the past and they've been yearning to somehow make a difference and they see you doing this amazing thing, they want to lock arms with you. They want to do something great together. And that's where you can create the most impact is when you have the best people by your side. That's so. Chris, I can't agree more. Like, yes, yes, yes. Like I definitely (laughs) align with you in, in all those just amazing tips that you just gave it. It's so, so crucial, not overcomplicate things, not overthink about it because it's never going to be perfect. And yeah, I mean, I relate with you so much on all those levels. So it's really awesome that you brought that up for the listeners. So hopefully you guys took notes on that and, and really take action on that stuff. It is very, very crucial. Chris, so tell me, you know, if you could do anything over from, you know, the beginning of where you started, is there one thing in particular that you would have done differently right from the start? I know you already mentioned a bunch of gold nuggets, but maybe something mm-hmm. slightly different. Sure. You know, it's interesting because I've thought about this before and I feel like, you know, I've gone through some struggles in my past, right? Yep. And I feel like 
if I could do it all over again, it probably would be done the same way because yep. if I did anything different, I'd be someone different now. And yep. who knows where I would be at that point. Maybe by one decision, I wouldn't have met my wife. Maybe yeah. by one different decision, I wouldn't have got into real estate. Maybe by one different decision, we would have, I'd still be working in corporate America. I, I don't know. So yeah. it's hard for me to say what I would do differently because if I did something differently, I'd probably be someone differently right now. And I like who I am right now. I like yeah. where we are right now, I like what we're doing. So that's my best answer for that. That's so good, man. Yeah. I wouldn't expect it any other way. So I appreciate that. Chris, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can reach out to me by going to chris at riserealestategroup.com. That's for my real estate company. If you'd like to learn more about real estate marketing software that I just released, you can reach out to me by going to chris at flipteam.io. And what Flip Team is, is basically it's a software that helps investors get access to the 1% of deals in their market that they can flip for the highest profits. And so if you'd like to learn more about that, you can go to flipteam.io and just learn more about it and see what it can do for you. Cool. Any social media links or anything else that you want to you plug away? Sure. Yeah. So you can follow me on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash clogan777. That's my personal profile. Connect with me on there. You know, don't just send a friend request, send a private message ahead of time and let's connect. I love connecting with people. And then you can also like the uh, Flip Team Facebook page, Flip Team, uh, facebook.com forward slash Flip Team. And then we also have a YouTube channel as well. Look us up on there with some great content. Well, Chris, you just gave an hour of your time for me and the listeners. Is there anything that the listeners or myself can do to, to give back to you? You know, I would just say you're doing so much with just this show, right? How you're having this, you know, you're giving away just priceless information for people so they can take it and take the next step in their life. Right. And I think that's just a huge give right there. And as far as anybody else, I mean, I'm all into serving people. So if there's anything I can do for other people, just let me know. But I mean, just check out the Facebook page, friend request me on there. Just follow all the content that I have in the different areas that I talked to you about and look forward to connecting. Love it. Love it, man. Cool. Well, you guys heard it first. Make sure you're definitely going to want to rewind this one and take some notes on and reach out to Chris. He's an awesome guy, ton of knowledge and can really help you grow your business in many different ways. So take advantage of that. And as always, if you want to connect with me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments, otherwise facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you need any credit repair done for you services, you can check us out at creditrepairmobile.com. Otherwise, if you're looking to get educated on credit, understanding how to fix credit very quickly, I'm talking a couple hours or 10 business days, and then being able to build up, boost up your score, get to the 800 range, be able to do a mass apply, get several six figures in funding or even seven figures in funding and business credit, and then being able to leverage it, then you can check out our mastermind group at creditcounselelite.com. That's creditcounselelite.com. And would love to just connect with each and every one of you guys. So do me a favor, hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification for every single Monday when the new episode drops and leave a review for us. We greatly appreciate all the feedback. Share it out to as many people as you can. And we will see you on the next episode. Chris, you are the man, brother. Greatly appreciate you so much. Stay blessed. Thanks, Brian. You too. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.